Here at Just Baseball, we have teamed up with BetMGM for the 2023 MLB season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use code JUSTBASEBALL, and you will get up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Step number one, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. Step number two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Step number three, you will receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada. Call 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,000 first bet offer today. This baseball show is presented by BetMGM. Use promo code JustBaseball and start betting with the king of sportsbooks. Jack McMullen, Arm Layton. Uh, we're going to talk X-Factors in the American League. The Tuesday episode on July 18th was NL X-Factors. Today, AL X-Factors for the second half. Any team that is in a division hunt, uh, we are going to talk about a- and who needs to step up. Uh, to validate that hunt for the division, or if they falter, uh, that could be the end of the line for them. Arm, how do you feel about the Pirates designating Will Crow for assignment? Anything there? <laughs> Actually, I, I had a question for you because I don't have an answer to that. I I was more surprised by them DFAing uh, Swaggerty. Swaggerty. Weird. If anything. What a tough go for that guy. I, I really feel for him, former first rounder. I mean, litany of concussions and injuries and just things that are so out of your control. But my question for you guys, or you specifically, was what what did you guys make the Marlins X Factor? What what did you what did you say the Marlins X Factor was? It was Sandy and it wasn't close. Like Sandy was the answer. I was gonna actually ask you, yeah. why is Sandy cooked right now? What the He's hell, ass. dude? He's ass. I don't know what's going on. No, it, it sucks. I hate saying that about him because it sounds cliche and BS. And I know I've said it before, like that guy works as hard as anybody in the sport genuinely works as hard as anybody in the sport his teammates even joke like how ridiculous it is how hard he works maybe he needs to relax like maybe he needs to figure out a different thing take a different approach i don't know what but you know as we're recording this the marlins are are on their way to dropping six in a row and and this was the start where they needed sandy more than ever like more than ever you're in a five-game skid you're playing a team that can swing it but a team that's not great 
We, they didn't need him to give him six shutouts. Just give him a quality start. And he gives up four earned runs in the first inning. He ends up giving giving them a good start, relatively speaking, going six innings of four-run ball in seven Ks. But that's been the story. It's like he has this one bad inning. He's good otherwise. But he ends up turning in like a subpar start. Six innings of four-run ball is not ideal from your ace. But it, it, it's better than what it looked like it was going to be in the first inning. Guy misses with the changeup so much this year, which is crazy because that was his bread and butter last year. So many elevated changeups, a lot more non-competitive pitches. I think it's just command. I really do. Uh, but it's been tough to watch. It really has. I, I was trying to get the gauge on like what's going on with Sandy. And I, I went to Savan. I went to pitcher list. Like I was like, okay, let me find the pitch that sucks this year. That didn't suck last year. There's no pitch that sucks this year. Like, I I think you're right. And when I see zero difference in velo or shape or spin, the answer there turns into execution of that pitch. And like, where is that pitch in the strike zone? Is it in the strike zone? Um, You know, guys can walk the world, but we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Like Sandy, yes, the command wasn't there through the front two months of the season, but guess what? Like first four to six weeks last year, he was leading baseball in walks issued. So yeah. he can work around lack of command. I think you're right. I think it's just middle, middle. And yeah, yeah. that is resulting in crooked numbers, which is brutal because I don't know, like I, I feel like we're at this point in pitching development and understanding of people's bodies where like if a pitch was off for Sandy Alcantara, he could throw a pen with a Rapsodo and be like, okay, let me tinker with this until I find it. And then let me go do it because he works so hard. I feel like it's almost easier to fix a pitch and a pitch shape than it is overall command of all your pitches. Yeah, no, it's definitely weird. Um, And and it, the weird thing too, is in that first inning I was watching, it was like, there was a few fastballs just nowhere near the zone. Well, yeah. He's ahead one and two giveaway pitch, giveaway pitch. And then it's two, two change up elevated. It just you see where the catcher sets up, you see where the ball ends up. It's it's very different. It's weird to see. So I'm gonna, I guess I'm gonna have to do the what's wrong with Sandy Alcantara uh, article at some point on JustBaseball.com. I think I'm gonna have to and just watch watch specific starts and see what's going on because the data is like you said pretty similar. I think it, I think it's gonna put up fat numbies because <laughs> I'm very curious. I would read the shit out of that article. Um, Edward Cabrera looks better. Yeah, he, yeah he, he, looked, he looked really good. He did. Like, it's just, I don't know, man. The Marlins are, are a very interesting conversation right now, but we're not going to talk about them because we talked no. about Sandy on Tuesday. We're going to do ALX factors. And again, the way we're doing this is like every team, and pretty much this is every team that is over 500 in the American League, only team sub 500 in the AL that we're going to talk about is Cleveland because – the AL Central is poopy, and they are still in a divisional race. So uh, we're, we're going to talk about what could happen for the Cleveland Guardians to help propel them to an AL Central title. So uh, we've got, understandably so, all five teams in the AL East, two yeah. teams in the AL Central, and we've got four teams in the AL West. Before we get into Tampa, who's atop the AL East right now, Let's do the revisit, the the gun to your head thing. Like, who wins the American League East? I think we were kind of at a consensus with a bold take right before the break that Baltimore was going to win the AL East. Um, yeah. The Dodgers have bullied them a little bit this week. Do you still lean Baltimore? Is it Tampa or is it other? 
I got to stick with my my bold prediction and go with the Orioles. Uh, I think they're going to get better. I think they're going to make the moves they need to make. And they've brought up some guys that I think are going to help them. So I got to stick with my bold prediction and, and go with the team that's only one game out now on, on the Rays. I think the Orioles can very easily do it. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think I have to waver a little bit towards Tampa again, just because I'm so enthralled by that offense, dude. Like, have you just looked at the OPS? Like, when you get the lineup posted, it's nuts. Isak Paredes has an 850. No, the the whole team rakes. It's unbelievable. They're they're definitely the the better team, but if the O's make a couple moves and and just get rolling, some of these young hitters kind of kick it into another gear, I I think they can catch them. It, It should be some fun divisional games down the stretch. Also, Gunnar Henderson, the sneakiest 800 OPS ever. I think everybody immediately chalked that guy up to sucking, and now look at what he's doing. This makes me feel so good. We're we're talking about the you know what pre-arb deals you could give to guys to, to see him really struggle and then already come out the other side and be as good as he has been. I, that's a guy I'd give a pre-arb deal to in two seconds. Like I, I just watched him work. We just saw we all just watched him work through a really rough spell, and he looks as good as anybody now. Yeah, we we talked to Gunner on Show and Go with Taylor Davis right before the season, and this was right when Corbin Carroll signed that pre-arb extension, and we kind of floated that idea to him, like, "Hey, does that make any sense for you? Like, would you be yeah. interested in that?" He was like, "Obviously, I'd be interested in it. It's like X amount of millions of dollars." Yeah, um, you know, I the the sentiment that he echoed was like. I've got confidence in myself, but if that's an opportunity, like I would, I would love to play for the team that drafted me for the rest of my career, that, that kind of thing. So I I think he would be absolutely receptive to an Orioles offer like that. And that might be the way that the Orioles lock up this young core. Like how do you keep an Adley Rutschman in an Orioles uniform until retirement? How do you keep a gunner? How do you keep a Grayson? It might be by getting these guys before they hit our one. So uh, we'll talk about Baltimore in a minute, but let's start with Tampa. For me, Tampa's X factor is Taj Bradley. And Taj, I think, can create some length to that rotation that they need so badly. And we've talked time and time again about how hampered that rotation is by injury. Like they could have a better IL rotation than they do active rotation at points with Glass now on the mend and with McClanahan that he was, you know, brief stand on the IL, but like they've got Boz. Recovering from Tommy John, Drew Rasmussen looked awesome, but he's out. Um, Jeffrey Springs is out. If Bradley can be that four behind McClanahan, Eflin, and Glasnow, I think you're looking at a team that is perfectly built to win the World Series. Problem is, some starts get away from Taj Bradley, and his ERA is over five right now. I'm a little worried about young guy throwing really meaningful innings in September and October, but if he's throwing well, I think that this team is the world series favorite. Yeah. That's why my answer is a little lamer in terms of just, it's kind of like a duh answer, but I'll give my reasoning. It, it's glass now just because I I think Taj Bradley's an X factor in the regular season for them. I do. And I, I agree with that sentiment hundred percent. They'll probably end up needing him in the postseason. But for me, if you're if the Rays are going to win the World Series, which has to be the goal when when you are perpetually in the playoffs and you know are having one of your better regular seasons since that unbelievable season they had a couple of years ago, but you know you're playing like one of the best teams in baseball right now, keeping up with the Braves, it, they're going to get to the playoffs. So for me, it's how do they win the World Series? It's on the backs of Glass now and McClanahan. 
and glass now like you know leaves every start with you know a fingernail or like a, a wrist or like a, a no that chest. was Degrom wrist soreness was Jacob Degrom I thought there was like a hand one for glass now at some been. point I swore but anyways like that's a guy that can win you game seven with eleven punchies and shut down the Braves but he's got to be on the mound Taj even if he's clicking I don't know if I trust that guy even more than Eflin right now in the postseason. I love Taj Bradley, don't get me wrong. But I think for them to achieve the ultimate goal, they need a healthy glass now. And I know that's like a kind of lame, easy answer, but that's that's really how I I see the X factor for them because it's like X factor for what? For me, it's win the World Series. It should be World Series or bust for the Rays. And, And I know they haven't won one, so it's like, how can that be the case? But it's like, if they lose in the World Series again, are we going to be like, oh, good job, Ray? It's like, no, they've done it already. They, we've seen them get there. They need to finish it now. But but then you look at like what they're doing with this payroll and how they're just masters with this. And they've turned a 40-man crunch by trading Tobias Myers into arguably a top five prospect in baseball and junior Kevin there. It's just devil magic every single year. So they, they could not win a World Series for the next three decades. And I still consider them one of the best organizations in baseball for sure. But you're right. You have to get over that hump at some point and you get over the hump by having dudes win you the world series. Jordan Alvarez from Bervaldez, like they won the Astros, the world series last year. And the, the guys that got the Phillies to the world series last year, Bryce Harper, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola. It was not Edmundo Sosa that got them to the world series. No, no. So You can't be cute and win a world series. I want to see them kind of kick ass you say it's lame i didn't think that was a lame answer i thought this was a lame answer in the national league when i used it for the dodgers but peter thought it was pretty creative i said the x factor for the dodgers was andrew friedman and (laughs) what he does at the deadline i'm gonna say the x factor for the baltimore orioles is mike elias and what he does at the deadline i i think if they go make a big splash i'm of the conspiracy thinking i'm tinfoil hatted up thinking that they are going to go get Shohei Otani because they frankly can. The The hardest thing that the Orioles need to do in terms of acquiring Otani is budgeting $12 million into the West into the rest of the year. But like they're going to sell enough Otani jerseys to cover that, I promise. Um, if they don't go get Otani, you need multiple good starting pitchers. And I could idea starting pitcher like, hey, Grayson needs to be lights out for them to do yeah. this. Tyler Wells need to keep doing his thing. No, like you need better arms than Grayson yeah. Rodriguez and Tyler Wells and Kyle Bradish and agree. Dean Kramer. So yeah. that's why I ID Mike Elias. I, I'm with you on that one. Cause yeah, I, I'd probably give my answer to Grayson Rodriguez being that he's the guy that had this frontline upside and, you know, could be better than all the guys in the big league rotation. But I think it's far fetched to assume that all of a sudden he's going to come back and, you know, I know he just had his first big league start since since returning, but I think it's far fetched to say, oh, Grayson's going to have it all click at some point in the second half, or it would be great to see him do this. Like, it's not going to happen. I think he's going to get better. I think he's going to be a solid arm for them. But to say, oh, Grayson will reach that perceived ceiling and be that frontline guy, like that's the X factor. It's just too far fetched. Uh, so for me, I, I can't, I can't really ID any of those arms. I agree with you because it's like, what does that mean? What what does it mean if t- Tyler Wells? hits the X factor level that we want him to. It's like kind of what he's been doing up until the last start. So for me, I think the rotation's kind of done what it needs to do. It's not a very good one and it's overperformed in a lot of ways. 
I, I think it's got to be the front office. I agree. So I'm going to, I'm just going to echo your sentiment there because it's not only the fact that they need, they need to make those moves. It's the fact that they're dominant in every other aspect of the game and they have the best farm system in baseball by a good margin. Like there's some really good farm systems in baseball. And then there's the Baltimore Orioles. They, you just won the lottery. Like essentially I'm not, and that's not invalidating what they've done. I'm just you yeah. get an analogy of like, you have all of this money now and you can, you can put the finishing touches on your home that you already built. Like, how are you going to do it? You know, wh- where are you going to spend that money? And it, you got to do it right. And it, they, I don't want to see them just cash in these prospects for an arm. That's not going to make a difference, but given how careful they've been, you know, that they're only going to cash it in the right situation, but go get a Dylan cease, cease you know, go get, sense. go get a star pitcher. Um, go get the most expensive rental. Who gives a shit? Go get Marcus Stroman. Like, do yeah. something like that instead of a Cole Irvin for for Daryl Ornaez move, which is already looked like a horrible move for them. Like, don't try and operate between the margins anymore. Swing for the fences. So I think a rental arm and a controllable guy like Cease, if you're not going to go get Otani, I think you can go get a Dylan Cease and a Marcus Stroman and still be fine. If yes. they went and got Stroman, they don't feel that in the system. Like you could argue by sheer value, the Orioles farm system is nearly double the productivity of the next best farm system in base. They are that good. Is this the best system right now that you've seen in the last, I don't know, you've been looking at systems for seven, eight years. Have yeah, you ever seen a system better than this? I don't think so. Because you look at it, number one overall prospect in baseball consensus in Jackson holiday. How valuable is that? Then you have uh, a top 30 guy in, in Heston Kerstad. You got another top 30 to top 35 guy, in my opinion, in Kobe Mayo. Uh, you have the litany of other like back end top 100 guys out there. You have about- other assets that technically aren't prospects like a Kyle Stowers. Uh, you know, it, th- th- this is when it comes to minor league talent, I don't think I've seen anything like this in some time. I would like to see a little bit more pitching, but even then they found arms. Cade Povich looks like a, a borderline top 100 arm. McDermott's look good. They just returned Bronovich and he's looked really good. Like they've got arms, sneaky arms in there too. It was, and you haven't mentioned the, I guess, recently graduated guys in Kowser and Westberg who are both probably technically top- not graduated. So those guys, you count those, those are top 50 guys. Top, 50. top 30 guy. Kerstad is top 40 right now. Yep. He's mashing the ball. We haven't even mentioned this catcher, Basayo, who's... Oh, yeah, he's a top 100 guy. He's amazing, dude. Yeah. He's amazing. So, like, they have so much talent. What we just rattled off there, we haven't even mentioned Joey Ortiz, who's still technically... Norby. Norby. There's so much. There's so much traffic. You can go get Dylan Cease and Marcus Stroman, or you can go get Shohei Otani and Marcus Stroman and still have depth in the middle infield and in the outfield. Before we move on to Toronto, can we get an introduction to your doggo? He's hanging out in the bottom right corner of the screen. Oh, Oh, he just dipped. Bye buddy. (laughs) That was Teddy. Teddy. I'm your old buddy over there. He he was on my feet the whole episode so far, but, but just, uh, just snuck out the door. He likes to just hang out in here. I love that. He's barking. Oh, perfect. (laughs) Um, That's his hello. All right, Toronto. I think there's a good answer. I guess I have the edgy answer here. Are we both going to the starting rotation with Toronto? 
I mean, where the hell else are you going to go? You could go Dalton Varsho, but like, I, I think this team could be good without Dalton Varsho. Exactly. Like Vladdy could have a 1200 OPS in the postseason and Bichette could have an 1100 and like, they don't feel Varsho. Um, yeah. And like Chapman can be great and Kirk can be great. They have There's too so many, many offensive guys that could be spectacular. I agree. So you go with uh, the, I think, layup and probably the right answer. I yeah. go with the underground <laughs> indie music answer, yeah, yeah. which is Yusei Kikuchi. Um, I just, and, and hear me out. Yeah, I'm the reason is not because I'm an edgelord. The reason is because I have so, I'm just, I, I guess I'm so enveloped in like the concern around Alec Manoa. I almost view this as a lost year, even though he has strung together like one decent outing and one horrible outing with the Jays since he's come back. If you get a decent Alec Manoa, that's the answer. But I am almost looking at Manoa as a lost cause for the rest of the year, unfortunately. So I go Kikuchi because I think this is the guy that like can be that four and the needed four. Barrios is throwing well this year, which is fascinating. And like <laughs> not something that I had on my bingo card after last year, even though I was really high on Barrios going into last year. Gosman's Gosman. I think this guy is like one of the more consistent, great pitchers in baseball. Yeah. Bassett's a low fours right now. I think he's a high threes, low fours guy. That's exactly what you're going to get. So I'm down to Kikuchi and Manoa. Yeah. Kikuchi's got the stuff to get through six shutout innings in the postseason. I do genuinely believe that. Now, is it going to happen? I don't genuinely believe that. But if he dupes me, then I feel really good about the Jays setup. That's fair. Um, I, I think you make a sound argument because it's, who has the best chance of being a, a good starter this year, Kikuchi or Manoa? It's, it's Kikuchi. Uh, but for me, it's like I'm still holding out that hope. I think if Manoa didn't have that start, I know it was against the Tigers in Comerica, but still. We were talking about a guy that got shelled in the, in the complex. Yeah. So to go six innings of one-run ball, no walks, eight Ks against the Tigers, I'm like, okay, there, there's something here again. This, this right. guy's kind of found something. And then he follows that up with three innings, three hits, four earned runs, five walks, no strikeouts. I, I, I don't know what the hell is going on. I have no idea. But I still feel like I got to highlight Manoa as the X factor because if he can just be anything near what he was, if he could be 70% of if he could be 60% of last year, I think he's right around Yusei Kikuchi. So that's that's why Manoa's got to be my, my X factor. But Again, that's kind of a layup one. At the same time, they need him to get to the playoffs. So that's why I look at him is you know, who, who's filling in if, if Manoa is not pitching every fifth day. Uh, you're piecing it together. Bullpen game, Trevor Richards, whatever the hell you can do. Yeah. That's why I feel like Manoa is a big X factor for me. Is he, he doesn't even need to be better than Kikuchi. Maybe Kikuchi is a guy you trust more in the postseason. But just to get to the postseason, you need Manoa to give you a 4-5 ERA even. You, you need him to just at least be a – replacement level starter yeah i don't know if he can do that but that's something i think he can at least do so that's that's why he's kind of my x factor you need half a win from alec manoa to feel decent about your wild card chances for the rest of the year yeah and that's not something i feel confident with at all right now which is it's tough to watch it's really tough uh fourth team in the al east we're doing all five in the al east because the al east is a wagon for boston it's brian bayo for me Cause you need a frontline guy to get to the postseason and win in the postseason. 
And I think Bayo's the only guy in this rotation that has frontline ability. And Bayo has been pitching his ass off nice. recently. He looks like a young star pitcher and a pre-arb extension candidate. And I'm not sure how Heim feels about extending arms, um, you know, TBD on that front. But with the bats, like, I don't know, I, how much is a good cost is going to elevate you? How much is in, in out-of-body experience Dever is going to elevate you? Yoshida is already hitting 320 right now. So I, I'm not worried about any of the bats and like, you know, Kike, whatever, Jaron Duran has been great. Like, does he continue it? Sure. I just think like you need a guy that throws like an ace on any postseason team. And if the Red Sox are going to be a postseason team, it's going to be because Brian Bayo is throwing like an ace. Yeah. I think that's a great one. And Bayo has been a guy that if you listen to the call up, we've been you know talking about him since before he debuted, it was a little bit of a rough debut in the beginning. And then he's worked through it and he just looks really good. I'm, I'm pretty much all the way in on what we're seeing from him. But with that same notion, I feel like you could pencil in Bayo for a quality start every day and or every fifth day. And I feel like it's fair to say that's the guy that's going to lead them to the promised land, but I'm kind of worried about everything else pitching wise. Mm-hmm. Like Bayo's the one certainty you have. You could argue James Paxton, though his last start was was a little rough. Like you could argue James Paxton has been somewhat of a certainty for them that it, relative to everything else, because they literally don't have bodies. If you go to roster resource for the Red Sox, there's three guys in the starting pitching department. Just yeah. three. That's it. So for me, like <laughs> that's the big thing is you legitimately don't have bodies. So. I just want to see if they can piece together five starting pitchers. And right now, I don't even know who those guys are. It's kind of like next man up mentality. So for me, the the X factor is Cutter Crawford. Oof. Like, I, I guess. Is it Bayo Paxton, then who? Oh, God. Like Joe... hurt again. Chris Sale's hurt again. Kluber's unusable and hurt. Tanner Houck would have been my answer, but he's recovering from face surgery and wishing yeah. the best. Like, thank God he's okay. But I mean, they who? just lost, they just lost in Oakland and Joe Jakes was the opener and Jake's allowed. I don't even know who that is. Joe Jakes was an Indianapolis Indian in 22. And that's the only reason I know who that is. It, it's, it's, it's such gotta a- be, like, it's gotta be Cutter Crawford. Cause if Cutter Crawford gives you a six ERA, it's over. Who else? Now you have two starters. Cutter Crawford's the only outside shot of a third starter every fifth day. I don't know what else they're going to do. I don't know if they're going to go to Shane Drohan. I don't know if they're going to try Denelson Lamette. Kyle Barraclaw, former Marlins reliever, Nationals reliever. That guy's starting in AAA. Okay, so you know who's kind of kicking ass at the big league level and like a 21-inning sample is Chris Murphy, the left-hander? He's kind of nasty. So that 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 could be an X factor too. Yeah, <laughs> like, I I like Murphy. 2018 Brewster Whitecap. Shout out the Cape. But uh Murphy like Murphy's got that West Coast changeup like a crazy changeup and he's, you know, low to mid 90s with the heater like but I don't I don't feel good about Murphy. Like, Pavetta? I, Pavetta has he's been He's only good when he piggybacks. But That's the thing. Maybe, Murphy has been good when he piggybacks. Maybe my my cop out answer will be just X factor is any arm outside of Bayo and Paxton. That's fine. That's fine. Totally fine. Okay. Uh, Yankees. My X factor is Aaron judge's toe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, besides that, we should probably say like, besides Aaron judge. No, I said his toe. Oh, his so, toe, his toe. 
that, well, I mean, that, that goes without being said. Like, damn. Okay. Um, all right. Back to the drawing harder. board. I'll try harder. Um, like, I'm not going to say Rodon because I, I think Rodon is going to be very good. Eight. I don't know. Like, Volpe, I guess. Volpe not sucking. I, I don't think this team's going to make the postseason. I don't feel good about it. I think they are. I'm going to sound really harsh right now. I think they are nothing without Aaron Judge. I think they I mean, are a heaping pile of nothing. They're incredibly mediocre without Aaron Judge. I, I agree with that. I mean, you've got you you pick your pick your guy here. It's kind of similar to the Red Sox. It's like there's I, I don't think you can ID the pitching staff and say, oh, well, yeah, Se- Severino. Yeah, of course, it'd be great if he pitched better. But if Luis Severino is pitching like Luis Severino and Carlos Rodon's healthy, they'll stay afloat. But without Aaron Judge, this lineup, I don't feel good about it still. It's they can have the best pitching staff in baseball, and I still think that they're going to struggle to win the American League East. So look, look at the Twins. The Twins have the best pitching staff right now, production-wise, in Major League Baseball, and we'll get to them. And they are struggling to lead a horrible division. So I, why would the Yankees be any different? I'll go with DJ. I think it's going to be DJ just because he's like, you know, the 650 OPS guy. And like, we know he can be better than that. Oswaldo Cabrera, if he wasn't a 590 OPS guy, I'd feel good. Uh, Bader can be better than the 702. But yeah, like if you get production from DJ LeMayhew, A, that entirely takes Josh Donaldson out of the fold, which is awesome. Um, Although there's a chance that Donaldson like isn't even healthy for the rest of the year. I guess Volpe or DJ, who's your answer? Mine is just, you could say Stanton. Um, Sure. That's a guy that if he gets hot, can kind of carry you. I'd say Stanton or Rizzo. Because when Rizzo was going nuts for the Yankees last year, that was a guy that I'm like, okay, he's carrying their offense. 32 pumps. like That short porch and right. He was just just dismantling pitches and just just yanking them over there. But I'm going to go with Stanton because – this guy's 33. He still has a lot of the physical ability that he has always had. Yeah. And we just saw him hit one, what, 460? And yeah. of course, 455. He's in the buck 96. Yeah. And he's been working with Sean Casey and trying to tweak some things and get himself right. If he hits one of those Stanton nuclear streaks, they can survive. For sure. But even if he's just John Carlos Stanton that we saw the last two years, which is 30 to 35 home runs. That makes a big difference for them because right now he's been horrible, just yeah. nothing shy of horrible. So I'm going to go with John Carlos Stanton. Okay. Uh, let's jump to the AL Central now, Minnesota. Same deal. The pitching staff has been excellent, but that lineup is leaving so much to be desired. You could ID Carlos Correa here, who's having a very underwhelming season. I think they've had a lot of guys step up in a positive way. And I think Edward Julian has been one of the surprises of the American league so far this year, this guy has stepped in and been awesome for yep. Minnesota. I go with Byron Buxton because Buxton is playing like 20% of what we thought Buxton could play like this year. If Buxton looks anything like a, a, a shell of Byron Buxton, yeah, this team can put away the AL central by a wide, wide margin. Yeah, he's a shell of a shell of Byron yes. Buxton right now. Like the shell version is what we got last year, which was still really good. <laughs> this is like still somehow technically an above average player with re- replacement level being average, but still like, I guess that's not average, but he's re- above replacement level player is a shell of a shell of himself. Yeah. 
I'm going to go Correa just because for me, like I think Buxton just looks physically cooked. We were just talking about that. And he's a DH only now. Like it's just, it's just so hard to watch Correa. I know he's physically beat up too, but I look at him as like a guy that if he's clicking on all cylinders, he's been swinging it a little bit better lately. He's one of the most impactful players in the game. He's going to play elite defense at shortstop. He's going to hit for some power. He's going to hit for some average. He's going to do a lot of different things. For me, I'm going to go Correa. Like they need Correa to be the the guy that they paid him to be, or that other teams wanted to pay him to be before the whole the whole thing. So I'm going to go Correa. But I, for me, it's Correa or Buxton because this is one of the best pitching staffs in Major League Baseball. The bullpen's been fine. It's just the offense. Who would have thought? You get this staff into the postseason, and I feel really good about this rotation in this bullpen because you'll run out with Sonny as the one, probably Joe Ryan as the two, Pablo as the three, and Bailey Ober in his sub-three ERA as the four, and then you hand it over to a guy like Griffin Jackson, who has been great, then a guy like Yohan Duran, who looks like one of the best closers in baseball. I mean, you are due for wins in tight games. How do you win tight games? you got to score a couple runs, and we're asking the big-money boppers to be really good. The complimentary pieces have been great. And that's why they are still above 500. But the the fact that their two big ticket Jersey sellers have been playing like shit compared to what we know that they can be uh, is really a testament to everybody else yeah. on that twins real, roster. Real quick offensive ranks in the American league runs per game. 10th at batting average, 10th OBP ninth slugging eighth, which is inexcusable for the reasons yes. I'm about to get to. Slugging eighth, walking third. So they got third and walk rate. K rate, 15th out of 15. Yeah. We knew that was going to be a problem. We knew. So if you're going to strike out the most in the league at 27%, you got to slug. And they're not even slugging. So that's the big problem. So who's going to slug for them? Buxton, Correa a little bit. And those are the two guys. Julianne. Julianne. Jorge Polanco, he needs to come back. Polanco. He's been out of commission all year, but that's a health X factor. I don't want that's not fun. Gallo Gallo is going to slug for him. Yeah. Gallo's playing kind of well right now. No, he's been fine. Yeah. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. Cleveland, I think is so ridiculously capped. I think we saw the best version of the Cleveland guardians last year. And we were hoping that they would make improvements. They tried to make them by adding juice and bell and Zanino. It hasn't worked. Zanino was brutal. Bell has been brutal. Um, Bieber is hurt. Bieber's trade value is diminished at this point. If Bieber comes back healthy, I assume he is traded. I said Gavin Williams is the X factor for Cleveland because we saw it last year. Again, best version of themselves. They needed to win a one nothing game in 15 innings to get to the American League Division Series. They're going to have to win one nothing games. I trust J-Ram to get them a run. He couldn't even get them a run. And that one, Oscar Gonzalez, who's full-blown in Columbus, is yes. like the guy that got them a run in the wild card game last year. Um, I, I think if Gavin throws like a frontline guy, if he transcends his service time, then you can win one nothing games on the back of Gavin Williams, maybe of Bybee, maybe of Logan Allen and the pen. The pen's really good. It's always going to be really good. But how do you get to the seventh inning? And I think Williams is is the best example of a guy that can get them to the seventh inning. So I I have a lot of belief in in Bybee continuing to get better. Logan Allen just turned out another great start. He looks yep. really good. Savali's been really solid for them. So I feel like the rotation, while it could be better, 
is is not the the major major issue. I think that the 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 guy that sets the tone for the lineup that is already not a good lineup really needs to to be different. And you could say Andre Jimenez as well, who they just paid sure. a lot of money to. For sure. But for me, I, th- I think it's Stephen Kwan because if Stephen Kwan's not hitting, what is he doing for you? Mm-hmm. If he's not putting up solid bat to ball numbers and just solid offensive numbers. Okay. You've got kind of a fourth outfielder type, you know, a good defender. That's just not really doing much for you. He's starting to get rolling here. And I mean, if Steven Kwan is last year's four, four F four, Stephen Kwan, I think runs are easier to come by because it's This is the guy that's setting the tone for, for a mediocre lineup. It helps when you can get on base for a mediocre lineup. Cause you mentioned you trust J Ram. I trust Josh Naylor. I trust some of those guys. It all starts with getting on base. I, I don't really trust Andre Semenez right now. Uh, and I just think it's a little far-fetched to say he's going to like go nuclear and switch into what he did last year. And Josh Bell, like I just don't have any confidence in him really turning things around in any any major way this year. So for me, it's it's Quan because I feel like he can set the tone for this entire lineup. For sure. No, I, I like that pick. And if you're not getting you know a 300 batting average from Quan – you are getting gold glove defense at a corner outfield spot, but if you're a gold glover and you're hitting 240 with a 240 slug and a 260 on base, like you can't really crack a lineup because the bat sells and the bat wins. Um, Texas, you could go to starting pitching depth and Martin Perez if you want. I'm actually going to go to somebody that has been fucking elite for them over the last two weeks. Araldis Chapman yeah. is my X factor for them. If Chapman continues to throw 103 miles an hour and look like the second best closer in baseball behind Felix Bautista right now, I mean, holy shit, dude, this team's indestructible. I have no notes about the offense. It's an A plus offense. Yeah. I have no notes for Nathan Eovaldi. I have minimal notes for Dane Dunning having this weird fever dream experience. I don't have many notes for John Gray. My answer, like, could be Martin Perez. Like, it would be great if they had a four. But if they can lengthen that bullpen and use Will Smith, use Brock Burke, use Grant Anderson, and then turn it over to fucking Reds Chapman, Hall of Fame Chapman for the ninth. Which is what he looks like right now. (laughs) He looks like Reds Chapman right now. I I think it's good night, Moon. So here's my question for you. And this is kind of similar to the Rays situation here because I think if you're the Texas Rangers, it's World Series or we're disappointed. I think if they got to the World Series and lost, you'd be happy just because, you know, where they were at last year. But with the performance in the regular season, I I, I think for this season to be a full-blown success, it's it's World Series. Who's taking the ball in game two of, of, of the championship series? I think Gray. That's my X factor. Because that right now, Depending, I think almost any team that they would conceivably play, they're at the starting pitching disadvantage. Yeah. So either John Gray needs to look like a legitimate two, or they need to go get a legitimate two. But I don't want to say Chris Young again. That said, this is another farm system that is ridiculous, especially now that they added Wyatt Langford. They've got Evan Carter, who's a top five prospect in the game. Wyatt Langford's a top 15 prospect in the game. And they've got several other top 100 guys. And then a bunch of guys that are like top 200 that have plenty of value uh, that you could easily trade. That said, I, I, I need a third arm, second or third arm that I really trust. You're not putting Dane Dunning in the postseason. You're not giving Andrew Heaney the ball. It's got to be John Gray. So for me, I want to see John Gray be that that number two st- type starter. He looks more like a, a four or a three right now. And I want to see him more like a two. 
And I think that kind of puts them over the top, whether they get an arm or not. A better John Gray. He's been good. But like an elite John Gray, I think can really put them over the top. What do you think of a Foscu and another piece for Marcus Stroman type deal? No brainer. I think Foscu's for both good. sides. Yeah, Foscu's good, but I don't think he's a guy that you're going to lose sleep over trading. You know, it's, it's it's hit over power. Yeah, fringy defense that could stick him at third and he'll be fine there. And they kind of need a third baseman. And he's a high probability big leaguer, big league ready. Yeah, no brand. I, I would hey. do that in two seconds. And and for for the Cubs, it's a guy that can help you now, and it's just another solid bat. Yeah, they've got some questions at third base. They're running out, you know, Christopher Morrell. They're running out Patrick Wisdom. Like they don't really have a third baseman of the future right now. I don't think no. uh, they have their middle infield of the future. Morrell has been playing some first, some DH. Um, so yeah, I I think if you were to package a Foscu and, and somebody else, like hey dude, even a Mitch Brat, like Foscu yeah, and Mitch Brat, that for should Stroman. be more than enough for a rental for a rental. Um, you know, Strowman. I th- I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, all right, jumping to Houston, we've got two more teams after Houston. For me, this was like very easy. Don't need to look at the roster. Don't need to look at the stats. If Jose Abreu hits like Jose Abreu can. This creates like that length to the lineup that they need. I understand that they need more starting pitching with the injuries that they've dealt with. Uh, it sounds like they want to go after Dylan Cease. Isn't that what Heyman said? Um, which like, I don't know if they can do it, especially if the Orioles are in contention for Cease. The Orioles can like lift their pinky and put together a better package for Dylan Cease than the Houston Astros can. If you want to move for Cease, you probably got to give away one and two in your system or one and three in your system. Uh, it, it, for me, it's like, it's a Brayu and it's not close, especially with Jordan on the IL. Well, first of all, you know, that the White Sox are going to love whatever 27 year old outfielder that the, that the Astros offer like Jake Myers, they're going to be all over. So that. I was going to say, were you talking about Dearden Myers or Bly Madris or Corey Jolks there? There were a couple of or McCor- Chaz McCormick or Chaz. Um, you know, I honestly think they'd have a lot of interest in Myers or McCormick. It just screams White Sox. And then you add some, I mean, the Astros have some prospects that I think they, they perpetually have undervalued prospects. They're kind of like the Braves in that regard. Like we were looking at Ryan Clifford the other day. And awesome. that was a guy that 11th round pick that got, you know, second round money. That guy pulverizes baseballs and no one even knows who he is. Zach Denzenzo, ever heard of him? No. He's pulverizing baseballs. Joey Loperfito, friend of the program. De- demolishing baseballs and no one talks about those guys and the Astros love it that way. Yeah. But I agree. Like they'll get outbid in two seconds unless they're just willing to do more than other teams are for me though. Like I, I agree. Like a Brayu is a hundred percent, a big X factor, especially with Brantley out, especially with Jordan out, uh, especially with just the offense, not being quite as electric, but for the sake of being different. And I also think that it's, it's closer than maybe you make it out to be Christian Javier. Mm-hmm. I mean, playoffs. Framber Valdez gets the ball game one. I sleep like a baby. Waking up for game two, I'm I, I I probably don't wake up. I'm I'm not sleeping going into game two. Am I going to Hunter Brown? Or am I going to this fractured version of Christian Javier, who was a 439 ERA, a 426 FIP, low strikeout rate, Velo's just not there. It doesn't look the same. Like Hunter Brown right now is getting the ball game too, or you're just rolling with Javier because he's the name and has the pedigree. But I don't feel good about it. If the Astros are going to win the World Series, they need the Christian Javier that helped them win the World Series. It's shocker there. I know that's some some big brain stuff. 
Do you do you think Brown can make that ascension to like the guy that gives them six innings of one run ball in the postseason? Because I think I, so. I do think that stuff's in there, but that's a tall ask. It is. It's a really tall ask. I think he can though. I do think he has that kind of stuff, and the underlying numbers are even better than than the surface stats there. And he's got special special ability, but if, yeah, like you're going. I feel like you're going as far as Javier takes you. Yeah. If if Luis Garcia was healthy, like we're playing the what if game. Oh, then yeah, yeah. I, then I wouldn't put as much emphasis. Yeah, if Garcia was healthy, I think that's a guy that is such a calming presence. Like if McCullers was healthy, I'm worried that he's going to go on the IL again because he's spent so much time unavailable over the last three years. Um, or Keedy, like I don't feel that good about. You know what I mean? Garcia is just the calming presence. They need another pitcher. They're going to go trade for another pitcher. They're going to get one. They're going to get one. I know they're going to get one. Is it going to be Cease? Is it going to be Otani? Like, probably not. But when they add Eduardo Rodriguez and he shoves, I'm not concerned about the Astros anymore. No, exactly. No, and I, I guess the the very good point there, if they go out and get a starter that I could trust in game two or three, then I'd feel a little bit better. But even with an Erod, it's like Javier last year in a playoff game, or Erod. Javier Pretty Lens. stark difference. Yeah. Massive difference. Massive. So yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I like that pick of Javier. For the Angels, like they're in here because they're somewhat contending for that wild card spot right now. They're an earshot. My X factor for them is the presence of Shohei Otani. If Otani's on the roster, they can get in. If he's not, they can't get in. My X factor for them is health. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've never seen a team so cursed in my life. I, I really do believe, and I tweeted this out, like I really do believe Perry Manassian put together a, a decent squad. Yes. I think this is one of the yes. better squads that they've put around. And I don't think you can fault the Astros this year. I mean, the Angels this year, excuse me. Brandon Drury looked really solid for them, kind of exactly what they needed. Gio Urshela, Urshela was exactly what they needed as well, like 700 OPS, sure, but he plays multiple positions, plays good defense. They were saying he's a huge glue guy and a huge clubhouse presence for them too. Like his pelvic injury really hurt the, the clubhouse, like to the core. Like he was an important guy. Then yeah. you look at all the all the injuries just across dude, the board. Dude, Neto was good. Neto was was exactly what they needed. Like, yeah, he's not lighting the world on fire offensively. Good defense, good bat to ball, grinding out ABs in the nine hole. They had the, one of the best young catchers in the game, clearly solidifying himself in Logan Ohapi. He's out for the whole year pretty much. Like, it has just been a disaster. And then we didn't even mention Mike Trout being hurt, <laughs> which is like another thing. So it's it's just been so hard to to, to watch this team. At Rendon, I'm not even going to count that because it's like the, he's always hurt. And what they call him, Tony Tende. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just that's different. But, you know, all of that together, it's just it's health. health X Factor is just general health. I, I agree with you. Um, but yeah, I, I think like Otani is just the pendulum. All eyes are on Shohei Otani for the next several weeks. A, because he's on pace with what Judge did last year. Uh, and B, because he totally changes the World Series landscape and the postseason landscape, uh, especially in the AL West. Wrapping up with Seattle, I would go to war with this front three over any other front three in the game right now. Castillo, Gilbert, Kirby is fucking disgusting. Wu looks great. Like, nothing there. 
nothing on the hill. Their two best hitters need to hit like two of the better hitters in baseball because we've seen them do it over the last, you know, 365 days. If Julio Rodriguez elevates that 715 OPS, and if Teoscar Hernandez elevates that 715 OPS, this team can start cooking with gas real quick. And they can make that run into the wild card trio and not look back real quick. We ID'd him. I I think Peter and I ID'd him on a mailbag as like the sleeping giant right before the all-star break. Um, Pitching staff can win them one nothing games. How do you get the run? Is it a Cal Raleigh solo homer? Is it a Kelnick solo homer? Is it stringing hits together and J.P. Crawford drives somebody in? No, it's it's fucking Julio looking like J-Rod. And it's Teoscar Hernandez hitting a ball 440. Uh, so I, I think if their two sluggers, if their two best hitters can play like their two best hitters, the, the narrative around Seattle changes real quick. Yeah, my X factor is Evan White. Oh, perfect. Uh, it's it's know. Evan White's defense in particular, right? Yeah. Yeah, just it's a late game replacement at first to just pick yeah. it a little bit. Perfect. Uh, no, this is another one where you could just pick a hitter. Cal Rally was a power machine last year, and he can't hit from the from the right side this year at all. He's 587 OPS from the right side, uh, 722 from the left side. He's just not really hitting at all. Ty France, we've seen him be great. He's not really hitting. Colton Wong, I'm not even going to mention. Um, Gino Suarez, he was a really good hitter for them last year. Very mediocre this year. Like you, you could pick any guy, and I think you could make a strong case. So for me, it's who are the guys who have the, the most upside, and it's exactly what you ID: J. Rod, Tay Oscar. J. Rod's the obvious answer. Tay Oscar is the other one. Both those guys have the ability to go nuclear and be some of the the hottest hitters in the second half, uh, but they also have been far from that this year. So, yeah, I think those two guys. I agree can, can kind of carry this offense because even the underperforming guys are still hanging around in the 700 OPS range. Like, yeah, it's disappointing to see what rally and France are doing and even Suarez, but if they're hanging around 700 OPS and J rod and Teoscar go nuclear, then the offense will be more than fine. Yeah. Okay. I love it. That was uh, everybody we needed to get through in the American league. Um, excellent game today at 1220. Zach Gallon against Spencer Strider to wrap Ooh. up Diamondbacks Braves. Who yeah. do you got? Strider kind of got roughed up last outing, right? Yeah. Give me the Braves, though. I I think if, if it ends up if you rough up Strider, then the Braves will somehow rough up Gallon. <laughs> like sure. you don't and and you don't want to slug fest. A, a sneaky, excellent thin slate on Thursday, headlined by Michael Kopech and Jose Quintana at 110. Oh. Um <laughs> Zach Gallon and Strider at 1220. At 1235, Alex Cobb, all-star Alex Cobb against Andrew Abbott in Cincinnati. You got Burns and Taiwan Walker in Philly. You got Snell and Bassett in Toronto. Pablo Lopez and George Kirby at 330 in Seattle. And then you got Tyler Glass now throwing against the Baltimore Orioles at 640. So get excited for a great Thursday of ball. ALX Factors, Jack, Aram, every link you need is in the episode description. Go get your merch. Um, go check out our link tree. Our link tree has absolutely everything you need. And uh, we're excited to be bringing you a whole bunch of deadline content and wrapping up some draft coverage by uh, examining the slot money that guys got and uh, how your favorite team's farm system may be stacking up. So I think us three. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.